All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Buffalo Beat here. Hope you all had uh, a very nice extended weekend for for the holiday. Um, we are back at it uh, the day after the the holiday weekend because, as I pointed out in the last episode, we have a very special episode and a special guest on our hands. And, you know, it, it doesn't really feel right calling him a special guest, um, but uh, wanted to get our good friend, our... Uh, our guy through and through, uh, Matthew Fairburn, back on the podcast today because uh, he's got a very special announcement. So Matthew Fairburn is here with us. First of all, Matthew, what's up, buddy? Yeah, what's up, buddy? It's good to be back. All right, so let me just get right the hell out of the way. Let us know what you're going to be up to and uh, what the special announcement is. Yeah, if um, if you and the the listeners don't mind, I'd like to not be a, a guest anymore, uh, if that's all right. Um, I'll as people I don't know people might know by the time that they're listening to this, or maybe they don't. Maybe this is the first they're hearing it. But I am coming back to Buffalo, um, so it was a a short a short stint away. And I'll be returning in a new role covering the Buffalo Sabres, taking over for John Vogel here at The Athletic, staying at The Athletic, and mostly covering hockey, but probably also chiming in on on the Bills from time to time, considering uh, I know those guys a little bit. And yeah, I'll be popping on here as frequently as, as time will allow. We still have to figure out exactly what everything will look like in terms of, uh, you know, obviously covering a hockey beat is a, a different beast from a, a scheduling standpoint. But once we got the Sabres schedule and the Bills schedules already out, we'll kind of match things up and figure out how often I can get on here. But yeah, I'm very excited to, to be coming back and uh, in this kind of new role, uh, you know, a new challenge coming back to the, the same city that we called home for so long, but, but with a different professional challenge, some of the same stuff, um, you know, and kind of jumping back in, um, you know, to this, we've missed it a lot. Um, and you know, the fact that this worked out is, is pretty cool. Um, I, I think people who listened to the show when, uh, I was leaving know that it was not an easy decision to leave Buffalo and head to New England to cover the Patriots. Very glad that we did it. Um, I th- people who've listened for a while probably know that that my wife is from Buffalo. I had lived there since 2014, fresh out of school. So it was, you know, seven years. It, it became my home as well. And it was a tough transition coming here uh, to New England where I grew up where I have a ton of family uh, and friends still in the area. My parents are here, and it was it was definitely a thrill to to cover sports in Boston, to have all those people glued to what I was doing. Covering the Patriots was was great. Um, you know, everybody over at the Patriots, you know, super professional. PR staff w- was terrific. A lot of great people on on the beat that welcomed me in, and a very interesting team to cover, but. You know, over the winter, um, you know, as we were kind of, you know, my wife and I were were talking, talking things over and, and she was having a pretty hard time 
you know, transitioning and missing her family. And, you know, we were kind of just thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe we'll see, you know, how things go um, in year two and, you know, figure things out. And then, uh, you know, I heard that, that John Vogel was kind of ready to, to transition off the beat after 20 prolific seasons covering the Sabres. He was, you know, ready to, to get a little bit of a change of pace, well-deserved. Um, and so started kind of keeping my ear uh, to the ground on that. And, you know, we just started talking and very grateful to The Athletic for being open to it. I think it was it was the right fit on both ends. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of people um, that signed up when we built that thing in Buffalo um they they deserve kind of somebody that they that they know um and mm-hmm. that they hopefully can trust on that hockey beat and it made sense over here um you know i think it was you know it, it's just the right fit for my family long term you know you kind of gain that clarity sometimes when you leave and um you know my wife and i were kind of pulled you know between two cities two places that we call home and um, you know, living here kind of gave us the clarity that that place, that little slice of uh, of Western New York is kind of where we want to be. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to get back and kind of jump right back in. It'll feel, I don't know, feel like a little vacation, I guess, coming here and then jumping right back in, um, you know, same company and, um, you know, same great colleagues and great readers. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, we are freaking ecstatic about uh Matthew coming back, obviously, I mean, you, you heard him allude to the, the episode where he kind of signed off from, from, uh, the podcast, you know, it was, uh, it was, uh, a, a, a pretty emotional episode. I still have some people like kind of reach out and be like, man, that, that, that hit me. Um, and ever since like you and, and by all means, my, my good buddy, Matt Beauvais, he's done an incredible job filling in as the as our post game uh, co host, and he's he's off going to do his own podcast venture, which is really cool for him, and I'm really excited for him and everything like that. Um, so it, that that part of it was was nice to have another friend to, to come in and fill that void. But like you, you know, having the chance to re up with this guy right here, Matthew Fairburn, um, it's. It's gonna be like playing the hits all over again. You know, it's it's definitely a, a new thing, but we are pumped. I'm pumped personally. I'm pumped professionally. Like there's there is this is just an absolute grand slam. I think the listeners are gonna benefit. I think the readers are gonna benefit. Um, and yeah, the the band is back together. And I, you know, it for those that don't know, like you know, you you, you hear okay, Fairburn's gonna be covering the Sabers. Fairburn is a hockey guy. Um, I mean, he's he's done a really good job covering covering the Bills and 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 the Patriots, of course. Uh, but th- this dude talks hockey. Like I, I know just from you know knowing you over almost almost a decade at this point um, that hockey was always something that has been running in your blood, and you know that the fact that you get you speak the language. I, I I've always said that to you. You, you speak hockey. And the fact that you get to go and, and cover a sport like that and a team like that that seems to be on the up a little bit here uh, for the first time in a long time, that's a super cool thing. So, you know, this will still be mostly a, a Bills show, but like, you know, hard not to 
to jump into the Sabres every once in a while because they're, they're starting to be more compelling. And, and my buddy here is going to be covering them full time. So whenever we, uh, whenever we get you on, like this is, it's just an amazing thing. Like it, forget the special guest stuff. Matthew Fairburn is a co-host whenever the hell he wants. Um, he, he is, uh, we started this thing together and I'm just freaking thrilled about it. Yeah. I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be pretty great. I mean, I, I grew up playing hockey. I grew up, you know, basically until I graduated high school, um, you know, was around the game and even being back here in Massachusetts, you know, where I, where I played it, it kind of, you know, when, when my wife and I were talking this over, obviously it's a, you know, a big change in terms of the schedule and everything else, a lot more nights. And, you know, I was at a college hockey game with my dad and my sister at one point, just like being in the rink and being around it made me realize even more how much fun it would be to, to cover it daily and to be around it all the time. And we were, you know, as we were kind of hopeful that this would work out, you know, over the last couple of months, we were watching probably, uh, I would assume more Sabres games than, um, one would consider healthy um, for <laughs> for people in our position uh, who are seven hours away and you know the Bruins are on local TV here you know making a playoff run but basically from that that Jack Eichel game on we were kind of glued to it and it's a an interesting team uh, and I, I think I definitely appreciate the way you know, especially at the since the athletic launched, just the way we're able to connect with readers uh, and the way those teams are so intertwined with the community. And at times, you know, the it works out really well that the schedules balance each other out. Uh, and there, and I think that's where I will be able to chip in on bills from time to time because you know of the uh, the different gaps, um, you know, that that those teams fill in having just two teams and having them be football and hockey in town is kind of right in my wheelhouse. I was so glad when I landed, you know, I was looking at jobs all over the country when I graduated college and to land in a, a city that cared about hockey was, was mm -hmm. pretty cool to me. It was definitely, uh, you know, a bummer that from 2014 on basically when I got there was one of the worst stretches of hockey, uh, in Buffalo history, but it does feel like there's a little something brewing there. And I think, you know, just like when I got there in 2014, there wasn't a whole lot going on with the bills. Uh, these things eventually come back around and I think it's an interesting team. It's certainly an interesting time in Buffalo sports all around. Uh, you know, the bills being a super bowl favorite, I obviously had one eye on them all season long, uh, you know, covering the AFC East, uh, they're a big part of the Patriots story right now. And so never really took my eye off the ball there. Talked to a lot of, uh, you know, those, it, it's weird, you know, you cover the team long enough, you go down to something like the owners meetings and all of a sudden, you know, Joe Shane and Brian Dable have big jobs, um, mm -hmm. you know, with the giants. And all of a sudden these people are kind of spread all starting to spread all around the league. And so, yeah, it's going to be a fun time to get back and and jump back in. It was, you know, one of those moves that was 
harder than I expected it to be to, you know, go back, you know, where I grew up and, you know, go to the bigger market, the bigger beat, the whole thing, you know, all the the logical moves uh, on the career ladder. And, you know, I think it made us realize, you know, especially, you know, how tough it was, uh, you know, for my wife, you kind of realize that it's hard to do your best work when everything isn't, you know, perfect on that end. And you want kind of, you just want all, all of the, the pieces to, to be, you know, right. And they are in Buffalo and professionally it's, you know, really exciting as well. There were times that, you know, I think what we have, you know, between us on the podcast with, John, uh, you know, covering the Sabres the way he was and still being part of the company. And he's already been a huge help uh, to me as I, I kind of get my feet wet here covering hockey. And obviously, Tim, Tim Graham, our, our esteemed colleague. It's just a you could look for a long time, no matter what you do for a living um, and not find coworkers like that and not find, um, you know, readers in an audience like like we have and mm-hmm. so that part of it was definitely appealing to me as well and you never know i mean when i made the move it's not as if i was expecting to come back in a year or even banking on that knowing that it's hard to jump back in and it's hard you're at the mercy of whatever pops up right and so the timing worked out pretty well i i wrote in the announcement story that that i wrote at the athletic that when this when the athletics started in buffalo i didn't know um john vogel or when they were thinking about launching in buffalo i didn't know him other than reading him and we met and it was sort of just an easy connection you know tim introduced us and you know even at that time you know when at that moment the two of us were the two that you know were you know, kind of mulling over offers. We didn't know, you know, what would happen with Tim. And, uh, you know, you were under contract at, at the TV station. And, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't know what it would all look like. But, you know, John and I were kind of the two thinking it over. And I remember telling him then, you know, if you need an extra set of hands, you know, covering hockey, if you're, you're going to be on it solo, let me know. And I was already bugging him to, to, you know, if I could chip in, he took me up on it, um, you know, a couple of times, but now it kind of feels fitting that, um, Mm -hmm. he does need an extra set of hands permanently uh, this time. And, um, to be able to, to jump into that spot means a lot to me, like to take over for a guy who did it as well as he did and to have kind of that, you know, that, expectation that bar um to chase is is really fun and tim obviously covered the nhl as well for seven years uh at the buffalo news um he and john worked together covering that team and i don't know it just feels feels fitting to to kind of step in for for those two guys who i've looked up to since i got to buffalo and now consider you know very good friends it's just all kind of working out better than than I ever could have hoped. And I, I our NHL team is the reason I subscribed to the Athletic hmm. uh, before I worked there. Um, I I told James Myrtle that, and you know I think the team that that you know they've put together 
is unlike any anybody that covers the sport. I've always felt like, you know, there's other sports are covered, especially the NFL is covered like nothing else, right? You know, it's a complete beast. But I've always felt if you are a hockey fan and you don't subscribe to The Athletic, I don't really know what you're doing because I don't know where else you get coverage like that. And mm-hmm. um, I, I'm just really excited to be a part of it and the types of stories that we're going to be able to tell um, hopefully can bring a, a fresh set of eyes and a, a fresh perspective to a team that I know a lot of people are getting really excited about. Yeah, those that have read uh, Matthew's work over just since since 2014 covering either the Bills or the Patriots the guy is going to absolutely crush this this Sabres beat. I mean, he he is he is a unique storyteller um and the way that he's going to be able to uh, get in that get in that locker room, develop connections. I have no doubt that he is going to be uh, just an absolute behemoth on this beat. And the the best part about all this is, I love what you said. The the, the organic nature of having a a solidified team in place in in one market, like the the the. The fact that like the band is back together a little bit, you know, John is still uh, at the at the athletic and he's he's in a he's in a different role and, you know, just wanted to step away from the beat and more power to him because he's done an incredible job for, for so long. But the fact that we have this full contingent of of um, people that, you know, we like, we respect, we're friends um, is just this cohesiveness. And I think, I think the readers, the listeners are going to just absolutely uh, benefit like crazy from this. And the best part is you still get Matthew Fairburn on the bills a little bit too, because he's going to be chipping in and, and uh, you know, popping in to, to practice every once in a while, you know, we're going to get him on as many podcasts as, as he'll allow me to get him on to, to co-host the show, because it's just like the conversations that we usually get into the, in the weed stuff. I just really appreciate um, how, what that does for the conversation and around the, the team, the bills that is, and, and to be able to kind of, look at things from a different lens. Like we go in, uh, here's just a a little snippet about what we do for the show or what we did for the show um, before Matthew went went to cover the Patriots. Like we would just have like a a boilerplate idea and then we would just start talking and we would get into like a multitude of different things. Like we just left it open-ended and and let it just go and wherever it went organically that's that's how it that's how the show happened and i think people really liked uh those that that type of show because like it 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 challenged certain ways of thinking about the team it challenged um it it brought up some points that maybe we were thinking about in the back of our brain that 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 uh we wouldn't have thought about had the other person not that said the one thing like it's just it it was just an awesome thing, and I'm so excited that uh, 
that Bills fans that listen to this show are going to be able to have that and they'll be able to to read your stuff on the Bills from time to time. They're going to be able to read you just absolutely crushing the Sabres beat, which I know you're going to do. And I know it's daunting walking into a, a new sport, a new a new beat. But like I said before, you talk hockey. That's that's the first uh, that's the first sign. Like I growing up in the industry, I worked alongside Paul Hamilton a lot over at WGR. And that's a guy who who talks like he 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 speaks the language of hockey. He grew up playing it just like you did. Um and and he understands those guys. He understands the game. And I think the level that you understand the game and and uh you know, playing it throughout youth leagues and everything like that, I think uh you're just going to be an absolute home run fit. I can't wait to read everything. I'm you know, I haven't watched many Sabres games the past 10 years. Um, because, you know, obvious reasons here, but, uh, you kind of concentrated on the bills, but you know, I, I I can't wait to like kind of pair what you write with, with what we see on the TV, everything like that. It's, it's, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. My hope is that I can, you know, help, you know, kind of enhance that experience as this team is growing and kind of get into the weeds on who some of these people are and, what excites me a lot about it is that, you know, I've always had the hope that I can, you know, kind of carve out the type of spot where, you know, people view me as somebody who who writes about sports, who can, you know, tell those stories regardless of where they are and what sport guys are playing. And I don't know you do something long enough. Certainly everybody, you know, associated me with the bills and football and, and then, you know, the Patriots as I moved over. But I think, you know, my hope is that, you know, people can, uh, I know hockey fans are, they are, they have a high standard and they have reason to, they had John Vogel covering their team for a long mm-hmm. time. They had Tim That's covering sure. it before that they've, they've got, you know, people like Paul Hamilton doing it. So, um, I hope I can, you know, live up to that and hopefully, you know, give people, I like to, one of my favorite things that I I realized that I kind of missed was, you know, uh, when the Bills were making that playoff run the last year that I was there, um, one of those pandemic years, 2020, I guess, uh, you know, and they were, they had the, the playoff game against the Colts and against the Ravens what it felt like having been there so long was that no matter who made the play, no matter who was the one to turn the game, I was going to be able to lean on some sort of reporting that I had done to tell kind of the story. Like I think about Ike Butker jumping into the starting lineup, um, you know, for that game that, you know, got missed by the broadcast that he was even in there. Uh, because the Bills never really said anything about it during the week. And, you know, being able to lean on conversations I had had with him or, you know, people close to him and tell the story that way, you know, and especially when we're in a spot where it'll be the great part about what I hope I can bring to the Bills from time to time is that you and Tim have everything covered and then, hopefully I can pop in with, you know, something a little interesting and a little different from time to time. And I hope I can build up that same type of knowledge base on the Sabres so that 
if somebody, you know, makes a big play or has a big moment, you know, you're kind of ready with all of the all of the background. Uh, it was my favorite part of of Darren Johnson making that, you know, decisive interception against the Ravens it was like, oh, perfect. You know, I know this yeah. guy's story. And but it almost felt like whoever made the play, um, you know, when you're there that long, you start to you start to have that. And I hope I can have that on on hockey as well. And I, I do think that this time in, in New England has helped me uh, grow as well. So it's, you know, helped me see different ways of doing things and, you know, compete with some of the best people doing this. Uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the Patriots beat is a lot of great people, uh, a lot of people that are, are true pros and, you know, have been doing this a long time. And they look at things a little bit differently out of necessity. I think uh, they cover the team a little bit differently than people do elsewhere because not as easy to uh, extract information from from this franchise. So, uh, you know, despite it being short lived and and, you know, being uh, certainly don't recommend uh, two uh, moves like this in a calendar year with. Uh, a baby under one. I don't recommend that to our listeners out there. Um, but I learned a lot. Uh, my wife and I both, I think, learned a lot and grew a lot, and um, you know, we're better for it. And I just can't wait to get back and kind of settle back in. Um, you know, and be back home. Frankly, uh, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's weird to to think about that. But over you know the seven years that I lived there after college, it it really felt like home and you know i think you know now coming to the the place where i grew up and and being here you know you kind of gain the clarity of like okay that's where we want to be that's where we want to raise our family and Mm -hmm. um you know i've certainly you know i think you know that's that's where we're going to be for forever so um hopefully the you know there there's people out there that want to read our stories uh until Mm -hmm. we decide to hang it up because frankly I, I don't want to tell stories anywhere else um mm-hmm. and i look forward to to you know breaking into a new sport here i'll be back uh in town this week covering the nhl combine and you know the sabers have three first round picks uh, i don't know um exactly how what the covering the nhl combine will be like compared to the nfl combine i i asked you know vogel i was like it's like it feels like this is going to be a little different uh that you know not everything is going to be blown up on TV and you know the NFL does their combine a little bit differently but uh you know I look forward to kind of figuring out you know the rhythm of that event and then heading to Montreal for the draft with three first round picks uh seeing what Kevin Adams does I from afar have actually really appreciated the job Kevin Adams has done being put in a really tough position I thought when he was hired the way he's handled himself and the way he's built this team, I think is super impressive. So, you know, getting a closer look will be, will be really cool. And, you know, we'll see what, see what they do this summer. This is probably, I wouldn't say the the most interesting summer uh, they've, they've had in a long time because even during their lean years, they found a way to make it uh, interesting in the summers. It didn't always work out, but uh, it will be, a, a potentially pivotal one for them. And so uh, I'm excited to dive right in, frankly. Yeah. It, it, you, you get the, uh, 
and I, I, I know this because this has happened to you a few times over the past year, um, where you go to a place where something was like just announced or the rumor mill in our industry started churning. And then like your day just gets completely derailed because everyone's coming to chatting with you. But, uh, but that's, that's a, it's a happy thing because you you get to go and cover new sport. You're probably going to meet a bunch of people at at the combine um, on that first day. But uh, yeah, hopefully you can, you can get some interviews mixed in there between everybody chatting you up the whole time. Yeah, luckily, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, we'll get to, you know, meet all, you know, not every hockey writer from the company will be there, but a decent amount. And, yeah, um, you know, it'll be, it, it's fun that the event's in Buffalo. It made sense to kind of, you know, I'll be, we'll be moving the, the family a little slower this time, um, you know, throughout the summer since it's a good spot on the calendar to make it a little bit. Yeah. Also, uh, you deserve it transition. from from what happened last time. <laughs> yeah, jumping on the the beat week one, and you know, kind of going back and forth for like a month, and then moving. It was it was definitely a hectic fall, but um, you know, it was it was fun to. It was one of those things that felt like if we didn't take the leap, uh, you know, we would have thought about it and wondered, mm-hmm. you know. And I just feel extremely fortunate. Uh, that everything worked out the way that it did and that Mm -hmm. it wasn't, you know, John was going to transition no matter what. And uh, I think um, was surprised when, uh, when I called him and, you know, when, uh, you know, when I heard and, but that the company was open to it and that it kind of is all falling back into place as nicely Mm -hmm. as it is, I think works out and it'll be an, it, it's one of those things too that it's going to be impossible not to have uh, one eye on the bills, right? Like right. even there's probably I wasn't paying super close attention to this while I was there, but it seems like once or twice a year that maybe the Sabers have a Sunday game uh, while the Bills are playing. So, you know, I'm sure there'll be some overlap on the schedule, but uh, you know, I think watching games and keeping an eye on it won't be uh, won't be impossible. Uh, I mean, John Morrow, uh, masterfully bounces between both beats and has for years. Uh, you, you mentioned Paul Hamilton. He, he's, uh, mm-hmm. I've seen him around bills a whole bunch. So, yep. Yeah, Especially been, during training camp, you know, keeping myself, uh, you know, up on what's going on, I think will be, uh, will be hard to avoid, frankly, uh, just because, mm-hmm. The Bills are a behemoth in that town, and they are. They're. They look like they might be pretty good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's 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 for sure. It's Josh uh, Allen might be the guy, um, as it turns well, out. Uh, yeah. After yeah, uh, year you know after a few years of wondering, I think uh, you know if the guy's playing golf on national television with tom brady aaron Rodgers, and patrick mahomes he might be pretty good um he might be a a bit of a star so i think it's going to be you know i think it's a perfect time to be coming back covering sports in buffalo hopefully the listeners and the readers out there can can forgive me for leaving i know some were some were probably not pleased um with not just me leaving but where i went to but um you know, I've, I've seen the light and, you know, I'm heading back, <laughs> heading back down to, uh, heading back down the 90. I said, I, you know, still call it the 90. 
you know. There you uh, go. See, that though, that's how you know. That's how you know. Um, <laughs> I did, you know, I do probably enjoy Dunkin' Donuts a little bit more than Tim Hortons, but we'll see. I don't know. I'll, I'll have yeah. to... I'll have to see if I can jump back in uh, on the Tim Hortons train, but um, very excited to get back to Buffalo. Um, wasn't necessarily surprised how much I missed it, but um, I think anybody who listened to that show when you know I signed yeah. off, uh, it hit me in a way I didn't expect, and yeah, uh, sure. very grateful to to be coming back to be doing this with you, and um, yeah, it's just. A lot of gratitude on this end. Yeah, we are absolutely thrilled. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously uh, your wife, my wife, best friends from from high school. And, you know, they're, they uh, are, are equally as ecstatic about this because you and I are, are great friends, uh, great friends, too. And like this is this is just an awesome thing from a personal perspective. And, you know, everything everything, uh, that this podcast, we created it. Um, you know, I don't even know what year we, we started this thing, but we've just like slowly grown a, a great listening base. And, um, our, our listeners are unlike anybody else out there because they are engaged. They are tweeting at us. They are, they are constantly, you know, like, uh, wanting to come up with new awards on the post game shows. Like it's, it's just awesome. And, and the fact that, uh, you know, we can, we can get it all back together, and I can't tell you how many tweets I got throughout the year, and I'm a lot of them tagged you. It was like, man, Fairburn, <laughs> longing, longing for Fairburn. Um, so we're we're back, and uh, uh, we are freaking thrilled about it. But like you pointed people out, people just can't, you know, people just can't quit the uh, the smooth monotone. Um, you know, they just can't get, you know, they think they can, and then it's gone and, you know, they just, it's just too much. We'll see if, um, you know, it's gotten worse after, you know, hanging with Bill Belichick here for a while. I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll have to see, or if, or if, um, any Boston accent will have returned. I don't know. Uh, I can't, I haven't heard it so far. I haven't heard it so far. You know, we know what the one thing I'm interested in, because like, Hockey cadence is a real thing. Like they all kind of have a similar cadence and how they speak in interviews. Like it's like the and uh and it's just like they've never really stopped talking at all. Uh, it just kind of yeah, you know um yeah exactly you know, exactly uh, <laughs> exactly it's just yeah, like so maybe one, some of that'll start to slip in right. It's Who just knows? one constant uh, sentence. Um, but yeah, you you mentioned that this is a a fun time for for Buffalo sports fans. Obviously, it's kind of like a a little mini Buffalo sports renaissance, if you will, like with the bills being legitimate Super Bowl contenders and, you know, the Vegas favorites going into 2022 to be Super Bowl contenders. They just um, signed a star pass rusher, which is something they have missed since Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have been here. Um, and, and certainly the Sabres looking like they are finally maybe kind of sort of turning the corner. Like that's, that's a, a pretty cool thing for for Buffalo sports fans, and you can get you can get uh, you get Fairburn coming back to to help cover it all. But uh, let's let's jump into the Bills a little bit because this is a Bills related show. You said you've been keeping a close eye on him, um, and you know we're not going to jump too far into it because we've already been blabbering on about this awesome news <laughs> of you coming back for 
for uh, upwards of half an hour now. But um, it's this Bills team has a real shot. And, you know, they, they've got some issues that they have to address. Like, I'm sure you've seen in the distance the Jordan Poyer stuff is kind of a, a mini thing that, that's going on right now. And, um, you know, they, they have to figure out what they're going to do without Tredavious White if he can't start the, the beginning of the season. But if you're looking at it from, like, a macro level, this team, like, I, I remember saying it last year, this team is as good a team as I can ever remember. And then they went out and they completely redid their defensive line outside of Ed Oliver um, this this past offseason. So now it's 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 really the year. Like because their their cap stuff is real. It's gonna hit them next year because Josh Allen's cap number is going up to like forty million dollars next year. So this is the year where I'm not sure they're ever going to have as talented a roster as they do now. So I'm just curious, like covering the Patriots, seeing seeing them from from uh, afar, but kind of not really because you're still you were still uh, pretty keeping a pretty close eye based on you know all of your colleagues and and your friends back here. So what what have you made of what the Bills have done and and like what what you can. The, the the expectations, I, I guess, what what you're looking into going into this year. Just get your dip your toes back into the Bills' waters here. Yeah, I think the expectations are warranted. Certainly, I, I would say, you know, you could quibble over the moves and how much better the roster has gotten, but it has definitely gotten better. I would say on paper, you know, they've lost a few guys, but they've gained some big ones, and you know, injuries and everything else. How things work out with Tredavious White, uh, you know, will play a factor. It feels like the best opportunity, you know, It just, I would actually just say it feels like another great opportunity to contend for a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Last year was a great opportunity to contend for a Super Bowl. Uh, the year before that, Borderline was a, a legitimate opportunity to contend for a Super Bowl, considering how far they got. And it feels like that will continue to be the case as long as Josh Allen plays the way that he's been playing. And there's no reason to think that he won't. He's starting to become the type of player who, or not just starting, he is now the type of player who elevates people around him. You know, I think that became really clear to me with Dawson Knox last year. Not that Dawson Knox is, uh, you know, not talented and doesn't have great ability, but he's not doing that in another offense with a different quarterback, I don't think. Uh, And the way, you know, he made Gabriel Davis into a star in that playoff game. Again, Gabriel Davis, talented player, uh, really good receiver coming into his own. But it's just becoming obvious that Josh Allen is that guy who makes people around him better. And that's where I think, is this the most talented roster they'll put together? Maybe. Uh, But as long as he's there and as long as he's, you know, in this prime part of his career, they're going to be in the mix. And that's what we've said about the quarterback position forever. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what, you know, it's one of the simplest things about uh, the sport is that when you have that guy, everything else can work out uh, and you can figure everything else out. Now they're in that sweet spot from a cap perspective and from a, uh, roster building perspective this is sort of the the sweet spot in Josh Allen's contract but I don't think anybody out there is going to say that the Chiefs are not a contender mm-hmm. and 
they're not necessarily in that sweet spot. They had to trade Tyreek Hill. They had to move some things around to to make it work. So, yeah, I think as long as they have that guy, everything else uh, you know, has the potential to work out. I would say my big question about the Bills in 2022 is how everything comes together uh, on the offensive coaching staff with a new mm-hmm. coordinator, uh, a new quarterbacks coach. And, you know, I, I think that's probably the the spot that you wonder about. Brian, how much of what they were doing uh, was Brian Dable pushing the right buttons and calling the right plays? Where Josh Allen is now, you feel way more comfortable about him transitioning to a new coordinator, especially a guy who was his quarterback's coach. Uh, He's not at a point in his career where you wonder what direction it's going to go without his coordinator. It's more so they they ended the season looking like one of the most dangerous offenses in recent memory Mm -hmm. against the Chiefs uh, and, and against the Patriots before that. And really the entire, you know, last you know, couple months of the season, they were from that Bucks game on one of the most dangerous offenses in football. And, you know, will there be an adjustment period? Will there be a little bit of a drop off? I think they have capable and promising coaches on that side of the ball, but what it will all look like, I think is, is fair uh, to wonder. And, you know, I think it's fair to expect a little bit uh, of an adjustment period. Maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe they just hit the ground running because Ken Dorsey is is speaking the same language that Dayball did and, you know, got enough time to, you know, but calling plays, it's a big uh, topic of conversation here in New England, uh, you know, <laughs> with uh, no offensive coordinator by title and uh, play caller by committee in the spring practices. Bill Belichick really... Uh, Toying with everybody on who's going to call Who was plays. It? I, I think I think Mina Kimes was like it's like the cup game on on like the the jumbotron at, at a at a sporting event you go to live. Like oh this guy's calling plays, this guy's calling plays, and you have to kind of track track the cups to see who's actually got the headset underneath it. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's at this point feels like Bill Belichick's just enjoying stringing people along. And yeah. when you don't have an offensive coordinator, then, you know, the media obligations are different for that person. So who knows exactly what will happen there. But point being that it is a topic of conversation in terms of who, you know, what, what it takes to develop that skill and, you know, somebody without experience doing it, how long it takes the whole thing. And I think, Ken Dorsey will have to figure out who he is as a play caller. He doesn't have to be Brian Dable, a carbon copy, but having that give and take relationship with Josh Allen will be a a really important thing. And Mm -hmm. luckily they've had time, you know, the continuity there is important. And to me, that's where I, I feel like so much of the pressure lies on the coaching staff for this season, right? Because I would argue that that was their undoing at the end of the season. Uh, you know, I think, you know, the way things unfolded, uh, against the chiefs was as much a reflection of coaching as anything else, because I don't know what more you can ask Josh Allen to do, uh, in that spot. And now they have some changes on the offensive side and Sean McDermott, I think entering a point in his coaching career where the bar is now the Super Bowl. You're the Super Bowl favorite uh, in mm-hmm. a lot of places. 
And some of the playoff shortcomings have been notable. Uh, you know, they that collapse against the Texans, uh, the the way they lost to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, the the way those last thirteen seconds unfolded. So. Mm-hmm. This is, you mentioned, probably the most talented roster that they've had. And what do you do with it? What do you do with those expectations that were there last year? They were a Super Bowl contender, a Super Bowl darling pick. Now they're a favorite. Now they, they're not going to be able to say nobody believes in us or whatever. Like Now it's about carrying that expectation, being the alpha of the conference. And I think... It's a new challenge for Sean McDermott. It seems like he's found a way to grow every time he's, you know, had something trip him up as a coach and he's gotten, he's kind of let the reins off the offense a little bit and let them be a a pass happy type of attack. He got more aggressive on fourth down. Now it's about making sure what happened at the end of the season, you know, doesn't bleed in. There's no doubt in what the coaches are calling or, anything like that. Mm -hmm. That to me is an interesting element of how this season will unfold. I I think, and it's one of those seasons that feels like it, you know, the regular season is just setting the stage for what's going to happen in the playoffs. You know, how good a position can they put themselves in and, and everything along those lines, because that has now become the expectation that this will be a perennial playoff team. And if they get hot and they're healthy enough at the right time, and Sean McDermott pushes the right buttons, then they will be able to make a deep run. And there's no reason to expect that they can't at this point. I think everything they did in the offseason, adding Von Miller, uh, another year of growth from you know a guy like Gabriel Davis, you know Jamison Crowder, I think could be a a fine replacement for Cole Beasley. They've got a lot of pieces in place to to be that team. Now it's a matter of how it will all click when they're on the field. And I haven't been there to, to see OTAs or rookie minicamp and see, you know, how specific guys look, but it almost feels like when a team is at this point, uh, you know, I mean, I don't need to be there to know Josh Allen's probably looking pretty good. Right. Um, right. You know, Gabriel Davis, I'm sure looks good. You know, these guys are good players and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, the real intrigue comes when they take the field against other teams and you see how Ken Dorsey actually calls plays. You see how that trust is with Josh Allen and and a a few new receivers. And, you know, you see how it all comes together and that'll be, that'll be the fun part. I think this year, look, look at, look at us. Like I ask you for like a, a macro, like, just an overview and you get like totally in the freaking weeds <laughs> of, of like the most pressing issue I think is that is facing this, this bills team this year. And this is why, you know, this is why I, I love doing this show with you because it's just that ulterior sort of thinking. And, you know, we're going to have to flesh out this topic a, a bit more in a future episode because we're kind of up against a, a time perspective at this point. But, um, I, I am totally with you on on the McDermott point. Like th- it is now getting to a point where they have everything that they need out there. And the Dorsey point of it is it kind of bleeds into it as well. Because the one thing I, I have wondered since Brian Dable left, because when when Dable arrived, um he was given complete autonomy of what was going on in the offense. And really the only like McDermott had 
somewhat of control because it was it was his team. Obviously, he's the head coach of the team and, you know, ultimately what what he says will happen. But for the most part, he kind of like took a step back from where things were back in 2017. And then once Dable got here and started to establish himself as a, a great play caller and someone who can develop offensive skill players, like mostly like receivers and, and Josh Allen, most notably, um, like that, that's where it kind of took a step back. But then there was like subtle comments here after games. Like, you know, I really like how we ran the ball in the second half. <laughs> okay. Well, that that's, that's the kind of way to kind of trying to shape how this offense is going to look going forward. And to McDermott's credit, like late in the year when they had that threat to run a bit more from that Tampa game, which you referenced on, um, that was when they were at their best. Uh, but you know, now with Dorsey being first time play caller, my biggest question heading into this year is how much of a say is McDermott going to have in what goes on on the offense this time around? Because when you have you have this defensive minded head coach, and this is this goes into such a a bigger point because I think they want to run more more zone blocking schemes this year because I think McDermott has long been fascinated with the the Shanahan school of uh, of blocking because it's so hard to defend against. I mean, look who his first offensive coordinator hire was. It was Rick Dennison, who um, is a a disciple. Big yikes. Of, uh, of the, right. Uh, it was He's a disciple of the Shanahan uh, zone blocking scheme. So I kind of wonder if they're going to run more of those principles. They've gone way farther into the athletic... Uh, uh, athletically gifted offensive linemen where guys that they sign and draft are are ones that can move really well and you know will will be better for zone blocking schemes getting uh, running outside zone running pin and pull uh, all these different things and it's the reason why uh, that uh, that I think you're seeing a lot of the different things that that they've done this offseason so I just wonder how it's all going to look and how much that Dorsey winds up deferring to McDermott because he's ultimately the head coach and Dorsey's first time play caller. So that's like that's that's a topic we're going to have to really get into um, as we it's a great offseason topic. Um, and they also drafted more, a running back pretty early um, for the to, third time in four years <laughs> to show that, you know, that's a, a pretty significant resource. And I know he's also a pass catcher. So, you yeah. know, there's there's that element to his game as well but it shows a willingness and a a certain priority put on running the football so mm-hmm. i do wonder you know that layer of it whether ken dorsey will feel as because he's just a different he's a different personality and a different he's at a different point in his coaching career than brian dable was and mm-hmm. Brian Dable had spent a ton of years with Bill Belichick. He had been an offensive coordinator multiple times before. And he had failed a lot before. He I think he had a confidence about him. Right. That he was on a path to become a head coach. And he was going to if he was going to fail again as an offensive coordinator, he was going to do it his way and applying the lessons that he had learned. And he wasn't he's just not the type of guy certainly the head coach is going to get to make calls and make certain decisions that will impact whatever he wants. That's Mm -hmm. what you get to do when you're the head coach. But I just feel like Brian Dable 
And we don't know Ken Dorsey in that role yet, but I feel mm-hmm. like Brian Dable was was strong and confident enough to say, I'm still going to do X, Y, or Z. And right. I've got this quarterback, and I know how, you know, I know what I've got here. And I think the offense was better at times for it. And probably, like you said, better at times when, when Sean McDermott was willing to keep him in check a little bit. And mm-hmm. yeah. finding that appropriate, you know, I don't think any tension between Dable and, and Sean McDermott was so drastic that it was a problem for the team. I think it was probably I agree there. a normal and healthy give and take. But Ken Dorsey has to find that, right? He can't let it get pushed too far one way. He has to be willing to to do things his way. And I think a big piece of this that will help that whole dynamic is Josh Allen. Uh, I think he's a really strong personality and has gotten really confident and taken ownership of the offense and frankly will have a lot of input. He's not going to sit there and, you know, accept handing the ball off 30 times. He want mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody there wants that. They want the ball in his hands because he's the one that is the difference maker. He's the one that makes them a Super Bowl favorite and I think he, you know, the fact that he's at this stage of his career is a big deal for this whole dynamic because it's no longer the transition from Rick Dennison to Brian Dable where you're wondering, you know, can this offensive coordinator bring this quarterback along? It's you have the guy. And as those guys get farther along in their NFL careers, they become a huge part of the process of putting together game plans and building the offense and it sometimes calling plays. So I, I think that should set people at ease in that he's not the type of guy that's going to sit back and, you know, just not have the the ball in his hands in important moments. And so, but a a whole dynamic that you just frankly have to deal with when you're a good team, just like Mm -hmm. you have to deal with salary cap issues because your quarterback makes a lot of money. You have to deal with adjusting to new, coordinators because teams want a piece of what you're building and they're going to pluck from your coaching staff pluck from your front office and the teams that can weather that uh you know are the ones that sustain things for a long time and it looks like the bills what they're building organically uh the way they develop coaches the way they develop people in the front office and develop talent on the field will be able to you know backfill those roles all across the board and and keep things going. And it's a lot easier to do when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen. No doubt. So, so we're going to put a, a pin in it there because I think this is a, a great topic for our next show where we kind of get into Sean McDermott because he is kind of the, the under the undercurrent of where this team will ultimately go this year and he's done a great job so far so uh, we'll we'll get into that um the next time we reconvene because you know great topic got got a got a really um got to really talk this one out I, I think it's it'll be good to kind of set set the stage especially in like june <laughs> where you know there's not really too much going on like you could say hey mini camp observations and I, i'll write about that but like it's it's not going to be gospel it's not training camp anything like that i think the the bigger topics are are more appropriate so um so yeah we'll, we'll get into that next episode uh but the big news of the day fairburn is back and we are all better for it so uh glad to have you back buddy i'm i'm really looking forward to it 
Uh, thrilled to be back. Frankly, a um, lot of words we spoke in the first half hour. The big thing was I, I just couldn't find a good barber out here. Had to come back to Hamburg <laughs> Barbershop. And, uh, Lindsay. It's hard hard to do your job well without a good haircut. And it was That just, is absolutely right. I, I underestimated that portion of it. So, um, you know, looking forward to getting back there next week. Uh, and, yeah, I can't wait to get back and get all settled in and, you know, Luckily, I think the transition will be a, a little bit easier this time oh, uh, for than sure. going the other way, going back somewhere that that we're comfortable uh, and, you know, that I, I know the rhythm of the market professionally and hopefully uh, hopefully the readers enjoy what we do, um, you know, over on the on the hockey side and uh, can over time learn to trust me the way they trusted John uh, and mm-hmm. huge shoes to fill. But, um, you know, I'm kind of. I take it really as a as a privilege to be able to to fill in for a guy like that and to lean on him and, and Tim uh, for some some knowledge on how to cover that sport. So can't wait to be back and uh, excited to to do this with you and connect with all the, the readers and listeners again. Oh, yeah, we're 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 pumped. And Lindsay's going to be so thrilled that, that you shouted her, shouted her out like that. Lindsay, our our, our barber at, over at Hamburg Barbershop. Um all right, so uh, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, we'll we'll reconvene in a couple of weeks, sometime in the month of June. Let uh, <laughs> let Mister Fairburn uh, get settled a little bit into his new role and um, cover the combine. He's got a busy couple of months coming up with with the NHL offseason, and of course the Bills have their uh, their offseason workouts continuing on this week, next week, and then they've got the mandatory mini camp in mid June. All right, so for Matthew Fairburn, the co-host of the Buffalo Bee, my name is Joe Piscetti. Thank you all for listening to this episode, this very special episode of Buffalo Beat, and we will talk to you in a couple of weeks. See you. Later.